Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. So glad you stopped by. We hope that as you listen to today's sermon, the Holy Spirit through his word will refill you, recharge you, and equip you for the rest of your journey with him. Listen to today's sermon. Psalm 137, by the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. There on the populace we hung our harps, for there our captors asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. But how can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? If I forget you, Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you, if I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy. This morning I'm going to be talking to us about giving and um, a rather strange psalm to preach on giving from, but I believe that God has a word for us from here. We need to know the background of this psalm. God's people had been taken into captivity in Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar had taken them captive had raided the temple of God. And you know the story of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. All those things were happening in Babylon under Nebuchadnezzar because the Hebrew guys had been taken into captivity. They were going to be there for 70 years before God would set them free and then bring them back into Zion. So this, is a, this setting was while they were in captivity in Babylon. They were in a strange land. They were in a foreign land. This wasn't their home. And then they are, they are, they are, they are tormentors, they are captors, the Babylonians asked them to sing songs. So they were lamenting here. They said, we hung our harps. There wasn't singing anymore. There wasn't joy anymore. They hung their harps. They had given up on singing. How can we sing the Lord's songs in this strange land? But the people wanted them to sing. And I believe they sang. I believe a lot of them sang. Daniel sang. We know that Daniel was like a president of a university, training all the wise men, the kings, magicians, and all that. He sang the songs of the Lord to them. He brought God's word to them in a foreign land. But you know, in this land, it wasn't their land. This wasn't their home. It was temporary. They were just passing through. Many of us as Christians understand that this world is not our home. We are just passing through. Our proper home is somewhere else. Our Zion is somewhere else. Today, those are their songs on my heart. We are marching to Zion. Beautiful. Please do it. If I continue, you will not sing. Yon, we are marching up to Zion, the beautiful city. So, so you realize that this is not our home. As Christians, we know that there's Zion ahead for us. There's a kingdom ahead for us. That's where we are going towards. So this is temporary. This is just where we have settled for now. Was preparing for the kingdom of God, preparing for Zion, hallelujah, the beautiful city of God. But I want you to understand one thing. Whilst they came into this land, in Jeremiah chapter 28, you'll find that there was a false prophet called Hananiah who came to tell them all kinds of things. In two years, all this is going to change. Your captivity will be turned around. In two years, you'll go back to Zion. You know, all this will be over. But it wasn't true. He was telling them, don't settle down here. Don't do anything for yourself here. This is so temporary, you don't have to work hard. You don't have to build houses. You don't have to do anything for yourself. Because in two years, God is going to turn this one and you go back. Then Jeremiah 29, Jeremiah 
sends a message to them. I want to read from verse 4 to us. And this is what Jeremiah said to them. He says, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This is what Jeremiah says, God says to them. Verse 5. He says this strange one. He says, build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Verse 7. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Hallelujah. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. And this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. That is the hope of all Christians, that one day we will make it into Zion, the beautiful city of God. Meanwhile, whilst we are here on earth, where the Lord has placed us, this is what he says we are supposed to do. We're supposed to do our normal lives. We're supposed to build houses and live in them. We're supposed to plant gardens and eat of them. It means go about your normal business. Do it to the best of your ability. He says, marry. Give birth to children. Let your children marry. It means they are going to be here for a while. You will see your children, your children's children. You know, life goes on here on earth. But this is where Psalm 137 comes in. Get into the last parts of it. This is what they said. Verse 8. If I forget you, Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you. If I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy. Brothers and sisters, God has put here on earth to enjoy the earth. We are meant to work. We are meant to make money. We are meant to get married. We are meant to raise children. We are meant to make them happy. We are meant to live the life this earth offers us because it is a blessing of the Lord. He planted us here to be successful. He planted us here to be prosperous. He planted us here to be happy. He planted us here to subdue the earth and to multiply and increase. God wants us to be fruitful here on earth. I don't believe in the Christian that teaches that Christians must be poor. That Christians must, you know, not work hard and make money. Listen, God put us here to prosper. But we've got to learn from the Babylon, these guys in Babylon, the Hebrew guys. Even in Babylon, even in captivity, whilst they were building their houses and marrying and building their own lives, they never forgot Jerusalem. Hallelujah. They never forgot Zion, the beautiful city of God. Today, I'm bringing a word of exhortation to us. God will prosper us. 
He's prospering us already. But I believe we haven't seen anything yet. I believe God is going to release a lot of wisdom to us to prosper in this life. He's going to give us jobs. He's going to give us ideas. He's going to give us businesses. He will prosper the work of our hands. He will make us build houses. He will make us live in them. We will marry. We will have children. Our children will prosper. They will also marry and have children. We will be a happy people. That's God's plan. Right here on earth today, which can be likened to Babylon. Because this is not really our home. But we are meant to enjoy him even here. But we must never forget Jerusalem. We live here, but our minds must constantly be on Zion. We live on earth, but we should be heavenly minded. We should be a kingdom minded people. And that is the key. And that's what they told themselves. And it was actually a curse they pronounced on themselves. If I forget you, Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. All this work that I do, may I, may, may I not be able to do it anymore. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, God, God warned the Israelites, this land I'm going to give you is a rich land. It's a good land. I will establish you there. You will prosper. You will make money. He says, when you have settled there, do not forget the Lord your God. Do not think that your own hands have given you this wealth. But it is I, the Lord your God, who gives you the ability to make wealth. That's always what as Christians we need to remember. As for prospering, God wants us to prosper. But we mustn't forget God. We must remember that our ultimate, ultimate aim is the kingdom of God, not the kingdoms of this earth. They are temporary. They will pass away. But we're going to spend eternity with God in heaven, the beautiful city of God up there. Revelation gives us a wonderful picture of the city of God. People from every tribe, every nation, every language gathering together, worshipping him and living with him. But whilst we live here, whilst we're making the money, whilst we're building their homes, building their businesses, giving birth to children, seeing their grandchildren, raising them up, making great plans and projections for our lives here, please, please, please do not forget Jerusalem. Remember the kingdom of God. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. These guys, they had their hearts in Jerusalem, even though they were here. It tells you their treasure was going there. And no wonder when the 70 years came up and they were supposed to go back, they were all able to come together, lobby, put resources together, and build Jerusalem so they could go back there. If we looked at your bank account today, what will it tell us about the state of your heart? Where is your heart? He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. How much of your resources are going into the kingdom of God? Have you forgotten Jerusalem? Do you think about the kingdom in your planning, in your budgeting for the month? Are you giving to the kingdom your time? your energy, your resources. Seven days a week, how much time do you give in the week for the kingdom of God? How much of your money goes into the kingdom of God? Have you forgotten Jerusalem? Today is a word of exhortation to encourage us. Please, 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 like this guy said, may we not forget Jerusalem. May we remember always the kingdom of God. When we are planning our lives, let's budget for the kingdom of God. But in the end, it's who we are. 
We are children of the kingdom. We don't belong here. He's given us a short time here. That time will come to an end. Whilst we are here, he's not saying don't care for yourselves. He says, look, settle down there. He says, build houses. He says, work, plant vineyards and eat of the fruit of that. Enjoy yourselves. Give birth to children. Do all the things. God is not denying that. It's a blessing from God to have all of that. He wants us to prosper. But in our prosperity, in our prosperity, let's remember the kingdom of God. Let's not forget Jerusalem. Let's not forget the beautiful city of God. Represented amongst us by the church of God. Represented amongst us by the saints. Because we form the Jerusalem today. Revelation tells us a beautiful picture of that heavenly Jerusalem. People, it's people from various tribes and nations. Are we giving ourselves to missions? Are we giving to, to bringing people into the kingdom of God? Are we giving to further the work of the church of God? I want to believe that all of us, yes, for the basics, dear, we've gone past them already. The basics like paying of tithe and Sunday offerings and all that. I want to believe we've gone past that already. Because I don't believe in tithing as, as um, something that is legalistic that you need to do and then you've done your part. No. So I really believe that as Christians, we need to really go beyond that. We need to be giving. Because, you see, our heart is there. When you're in love with a woman, you want to shower her with gifts. When you love your children, you want to shower them with gifts. You're not counting the coins and thinking, I'm going to give her only 10% this month. That's not it. You see something lovely, you think, ah, wow, this will look nice on her. And you want to get it for her. Even if you don't have it, sometimes you go and look for the money. True or false? Especially during courtship, right? But, but, but that's it. That, that's how it should be. It's, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. You see where a person's treasure goes, you know where their heart is. And so Jesus also tells us in the same Matthew chapter 6 to seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. And he tells us that all these things that we are holding on to, actually God will give them all to us. He wants us to have them. So what am I saying this morning? What is the Lord saying to us? The Lord is saying let's get our hearts right when it comes to giving. It's a heart affair. It's a heart affair. He says I'll bless you. You ain't seen nothing yet. I'll bless you. I'm going to bless you big time. But be careful. When you have built the houses, when you have built all the big companies, when you have the big fat bank accounts, when you have the children, and you have the grandchildren, and you are prospering, don't think that it's your own hand that have given you all these things. Don't think that it's all just about you, 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 you. Life here, temporary. Jerusalem, the kingdom of God. Invest your time. Invest your money. Invest your resources. Invest your energy in building the kingdom of God. How do you do that? Give money to the work of God. Give to the church. Give generously. Because the church has systems and structures in place to develop, to should I say, grow the kingdom of God. Gathering here, it costs money. Paying for this space, it's money. It's money. Just mobilizing things, it's money. And there are bigger things we want to do. We want to do missions. There are, I'm sure over the next few weeks, Enrico will be telling us about the plans. Things are going to be happening. And it's going to be amazing. But it's going to be teaching us about how we can do this giving thing. How we can express our heart's desires and our love for God through our giving. I want to encourage you, church, 
It's not a legalistic thing. It's not about religion at all. It's not about 10%. It's not about you must so God will bless you. No. That's what God, he says he will bless you. But he says when I bless you, remember that it is I who have given it to you. Don't think it's all about you. Don't think you did it yourself. Don't think it's all for you. He says, remember to use that to honor me. Honor me with your wealth. That's what he says. So, the word for you today, that's it. Honestly, it's a word of exhortation. We are in a strange land. This world is not our home. He wants us to enjoy life here. But in all our enjoyment, he wants us to remember the kingdom of God. Give of yourself. Give of your resources. Give generously to that. It's a reflection of your heart. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. I think I still have a little time, right? One of my favorite stories about giving is of, of King David. I think second Samuel 7 or so. When God had settled him. Samuel settling. God wants us to settle. God settled him. He gave him a nice palace. He himself says paneled walls and everything. David settled when he had won the victory and resided in Jerusalem. And he said, one night, he lay in bed and he said, this is not right. This doesn't feel right. It tells you where his heart was. He said, how can I live in this palatial mansion with paneled walls while the temple of God lies in ruins? That's what David said to himself. So God had settled him. He had prospered. But because his heart was right, he remembered that, no, it's not just about me. The temple of God must be built as well. And so he told himself, I know what I will do. I will build a temple for God. Then he sends for the prophet Nathan. And the prophet came. And he told the prophet, this is what I feel God is saying to me. I want to build a temple for God. But God told the prophet to tell David. He said, David, I see where you're coming from. I see your heart. But you know what? All the time I've dealt with my people Israel, I have never asked for a temple from any one of you. He said, can I live in a house built by human hands? God says, nah, I don't need a house from you. But he said, nevertheless, because you have thought this good thought, because in your heart you have thought about my temple, he said, I will bless you. He said, I will prosper you. He said, I will build a house for you, David, and your son will sit on that throne forever and ever. I think this simple story demonstrates to us the heart of God and the heart he expects to see from us. David exemplified that. God blessed him. God gave him victory from all his enemies and settled him now in the palace as king of Jerusalem, king of Israel. But his heart wasn't at peace. He was like the psalmist in Psalm 137 who said, how can we forget Jerusalem? How can I forget the temple of the Lord? And he sought to do it. But God turned it around and blessed him. We know eventually Solomon built that temple, even though David put all the materials down. Solomon sat on that throne. But we know the prophecy and God's promise was fulfilled because his son still sits on that throne today. Jesus, the son of David. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, our God is a good God. Our God is a generous God. Our God cares about us. He just knows that we will get the most from him when we care about him as well. When our hearts are sold out to him as well, then we get even more from him. I can talk about more people like Nehemiah as well, who felt the burden of the temple and the city of Jerusalem in ruins, and how he mobilized resources to go and build it up. And God blessed them. 
So I want to pray that ACC will be a church that's known for our generous giving. Not because we just want to give, but because of where our hearts are. Because we care about the kingdom of God. Because we care about the church of God. Because we see all that's happening around and we think, no, we can make a difference. We think we can build a different community where people genuinely love God, where it's about God and his kingdom and not just about us. Shall we stand together? I want us to pray. If you've been hearing what I've been saying and God has been speaking to you, I would like you to respond. Like us to pray that God will work on our hearts, work a miracle on our hearts. You can ask him, Lord, work a miracle on my heart. Lord, give me a heart that longs for you and for your kingdom. Lord, give me a heart like David's that seeks the welfare of your kingdom, of your church. Father, give us hearts that love you. Give us hearts that give out of love because we want to see your kingdom expand. Because we want to see lives changed. Because we want to see people discipled and transformed. Because we want to see the world changed. One life at a time. One family at a time. One community at a time. Give us a passion for your kingdom. Give us a passion for the things of God. And give us a heart that gives, even from the little that we have now. Constantly giving to the kingdom. So that when you give us the millions, it will be easy for us to give. Thank you, Lord, for your great promises. Amen. God bless you. We hope this sermon blessed you. If it did, will you consider sharing it with a friend? And if you're in Accra looking for a spirit-filled community to worship with, why don't you join us at Mikado Plaza, Aboni Junction, Accra, on Sundays from 9 to 10.30 a.m. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Accra Church and visit our website, accrachurch.org, for more sermons. God bless you.